welcome to We Forgive You, the show where we formally forgive your favorite's worst films. I'm Alex Fernandez, a writer at Places. And I'm Sarah Sorrentino, associate editor at Talk Film Society. How you doing, Sarah? I'm doing okay. I'm I'm in a good mood. I'm a little I'm a little hyped after watching this. Oh really? Hype. I'm a little manic. Yeah? I think. Oh yeah. Yeah. Uh I'm 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 pretty excited to talk about this. Oh man. I actually I mean we should say what we're talking about before I say that I'm excited about it, but No, it's okay. I wanna give I wanna leave that suspense there. I wanna leave them hanging for a little bit while we just chat about other things. Did you know Papa John is suing Papa John? He can't sue himself. He is suing pa- Papa John is suing Papa John's pizza. Papa John, go back to law school. Papa John, Papa John, the snake is eating the tail <laughs> of the snake, as is the popular saying. Man, that'd be a good tattoo of like a pizza snake eating its own tail. Papa John, Papa John as Pizza the Hut eating its own tail. Do you want to get matching pizza snake eating its own tail tattoos? Yeah, let's do it. Can we stop talking about Papa John again? <laughs> That's all right. I just thought we would give a little Papa update. We just talk little... about movies and Papa John. That's what we do here. <laughs> Exclusively. Also, please do not get it twisted. The title, We Forgive You, does not refer to Papa John. He will never be forgiven for his pizza crimes and his regular crimes and his racist crimes. He is a criminal. We will never forgive Papa John. Yeah, forget that guy. We don't have to forgive everyone we talk about. No, we don't. I'm a little bit bummed out, though, Sarah. Is it because of Papa John? It, I mean, the Papa John thing is funny to me, but... You know, Sarah, I'm not going to be here forever. No, you're not. I'm You've not. got like five years tops. Yeah. Look, I went to the gym earlier this week and I tried to like do like one exercise and my back like immediately caved in. Like I I, pu- I think I pulled a muscle or maybe my whole spine collapsed. I'm not sure. The point is I can't do a lot of sitting good anymore and standing's tough. Are you just laying on the floor right now? I'm sitting right now, which is my way of saying we, we're we're on a short timer before the the latter half of this podcast just becomes me wincing from pain. Well, that's what I was. I'm trying to keep these at 30 minutes, so this is perfect. Okay. You're going to be good. Like, dead. Got it. There we go. Yeah, you got a strict 30 minute cap before I just uh, die. I guess we could put in like a little like work in progress sound effect, and you could like lay on the floor and do this from the floor. Yeah, fun little uh, floor intermission. That'll be good. Like a ni- that'll be a nice like tone for the podcast to take. <laughs> floor intermission time. Yeah, where it's Let's, just kind of the music's like do 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 do. Very chill, very relaxed. You can hear the buzzing of my heating pad that I have pressed against my back because I have to have one of those now. Hey, I don't have one of those, and I think that's like necessary for females to ha- to own. Yeah, they're pretty great for those lady cramps, <laughs> listeners. They know what you're saying. <laughs> D- they get it. All, all, all five Yeah, dudes. all five dudes <laughs> listening to the podcast right now be like, yeah, sure, uh, I have solidarity. <laughs> Next episode, instead of Papa John's, we're going to start up with, like, period talk. I'm going to just try to slowly move, like, that kind of conversations into the podcast. It's going to be more of a Mama John podcast. <laughs> <laughs> Mama John? You couldn't change the name, John. <laughs> No, you wouldn't. It's still Mama John. That's gross. John is the last name. <laughs> <laughs> Papa's the first name. <laughs> Absolutely. Oh, how upsetting if that was his actual name and then they kicked him out of the business. Oh my god. His that would be name. fantastic. His legacy. 
Yeah. He can't even own his name anymore. Yeah. He has to go into hiding. He's now, uh, like, punished John. <laughs> now he's Mama and John. Now he, has, now he has an eye patch, and he's, like, all, like, dirty all the time. No, that kind of sounds cool. Wait, stop it. <laughs> all right. Let me not. Let me not give him a Metal Gear Solid uh, yeah. revenge arc. I thought of Snake immediately, and I was like, no, he can't look like Snake. <laughs> stop it. Yeah. We're giving them too much ammo. Today, we're talking about Jupiter Ascending, directed by the Wachowskis. Wachowski. Wachowski. I want to say Wachowski. No. I, I still want to no. say Wachowski. Mm-mm. Wachowski. Wachowskis. The, the thing about this film, this one is kind of really in close competition for their like lowest rated film with Speed Racer. Which is like, bullshit. Speed Racer. Mm-hmm. Okay. I'm with you, dude. So, but Speed Racer has had a... A resurgence of popularity. The 10-year anniversary, everybody's writing about it again. I went and saw it for the first time. I think it's amazing. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I'm not gonna. I'm not gonna pretend it's their worst film. And it was easier for us to go with Jupiter Ascending because it's kind of agreed upon that it's their worst film. I don't know if I agree though, Alex. Whoa! I liked it. Whoa! This is weird. This is weird. I liked a movie. Whoa. Are, are you okay? Oh, man. I you know. know, I always thought this was going to go the other way around. I always thought I was going to be the one that was going to like the movies, and you wouldn't. And we'd have a tussle about it. This is yeah. not how I expected it to go at all. I don't think anyone ever expects me to like anything. It's not your thing. No, it's not. It's very off-brand it's of you to brand. show positivity. I know, that was my main worry about going and doing a podcast full-on that's not about marvel movies because everyone's like oh sarah's gonna hate everything and just gonna talk shit yeah i talk a lot of shit but sometimes i like shit this was really (laughs) good dude like a lot of it was really good there's definitely some parts i'm like for the most part um i liked it a lot shit okay well um let me just say like off the bat there are Mm -hmm. things about this movie that i like i don't think it's entirely bad i think um I think all around, in terms of the movies that we've seen, I don't think it's as even as Spider-Man 3 is, um, but it's definitely mm-hmm. nowhere near as bad as The Last Airbender. Like, the Wachowskis, even at their worst, provide some uh, entertaining and interesting things um, for you to experience. And, and uh, you know, like I really was hoping that this was a movie that I was going to like, too. And I'm glad that you liked it. Because, I don't know, I mean, like, I don't know how you are with the Wachowskis, but I'm one of those people that actually enjoys the Matrix sequels, while acknowledging that they're not as good, probably nowhere near as good. I still like the ambitiousness of them all, and I do think that they're still super interesting and leagues above um, the ambitions of, like, any other Hollywood blockbuster film of its kind. And I also love Cloud Atlas, you know, weird makeup aside. And and that was up, that was up for us to see. And I have not seen Cloud Atlas mm-hmm. at all. And I have just seen Speed Racer. I g- grew up watching the Matrix movies as they came out, um, which I was way too young to see those. But Dad thought it was cool, so thanks, Dad. Appreciate that one, Dad. <laughs> That's what dads do, though. And yeah, but I also saw Godfather at like six. Mm-hmm. So yeah, things things are already going downhill for me i don't know dude i i i'm pretty surprised i think this is my favorite film uh so far of what we've chosen oh really this beats spider-man 3 oh, for shit. me because spider-man 3 is like painful for me 
That's fair enough. I, I, I think this one definitely has a lot less baggage than Spider-Man 3 does. I think it's probably in a better position to be liked. But, man, as a fan of the Wachowskis and as a fan of their their visuals, the choreography that's often instilled in their fights and, and some of the offbeat performances that they usually get, so there's just a some just so much about this just feels oddly bland to me. For sure, the action scenes are not wonderful in this film which is so interesting to me because like you just said i usually their choreography is the main thing i look to i was bored during these action scenes they were just they're so weightless and flat and the the green screen is so unconvincing for some reason like i just don't get it i don't know what it is and they're relentless they're relentless and not in yeah. a good way like it's just like okay whatever i know she's gonna make it so i couldn't focus during the the action scenes, and I I don't know how I would have reacted sitting in a theater trying to watch Mm -hmm. it, especially with a two-hour runtime, I think. It was um, not that much fun. And I guess that's one of the more frustrating things, too. And and the fact is, I don't know, okay, well, let's let's go over the things that we do like, first off. And let me say that I do, while it's uneven, I do like a good bit of the art direction about this movie. All all the little spaceships, spacecraft, and all the guns and spacesuits. I really do love the designs of all that. I love all these gilded ships that all are all made of these sort of separate pieces that all seem to glide together. I, I like the, the spacesuits that just form around your body at the touch of a button. I think there is some really nice artistic direction going on here that sometimes clashes with some of the really wonky makeup decisions that, that were made. I don't think... Channing Tatum looks at all good in this. Yeah, that's a major issue that we can talk about later. Yeah, I think that that a lot of the characters don't look great, but I do think a lot of the other pieces surrounding them, like the hover bikes and things, that those things look really cool to me. And whenever there's a shot of space or of a spaceship, it tends to look pretty fantastic. It, like I, I can imagine that this would look pretty fantastic, like up on a 4K TV. Some of the shots of Jupiter and other planets and stars are absolutely glorious, and I wish that the rest of the movie lived up to that level of visual fidelity, I guess. It's... Ugh. I have, like, I have a, like, a weird thing where I like a lot of the, where the story goes. I especially like the beginning of the film. I was actually really surprised that I, like, I was ready to cry for her dad, like, immediately. Really? <laughs> I just don't know why. Maybe, I don't know why I was, like, ready to go, but I was already tearing up because I just thought that was a really interesting beginning. I like that they stuck to her Russian roots. Milikunas is Russian, and everything fits. Her backstory fits. I like how things happened and came together in the beginning. I, I was pretty surprised. Later on, as the film went on, I was kind of like, oh, I think we could have casted this a little bit better acting-wise. I'm not really sure why they went with Mila Kunis other than that. Same for Channing. Even though Channing's wonderful now, I, uh, I have many theories about Channing Tatum. That man should not ever be Gambit. Yeah. Let's just say, is was this pre or post Jump Street? That's a good question. This is 2015. I am not exactly sure when Jump Street came out. This was post-Jump Street then. This was post-21 Jump Street, which is bizarre because I feel like that was like such a big turning point in Channing Tatum's career. And especially when this movie tries to pull off comedy with him, it falls entirely flat. But even though just like a year before... He meant years before, actually, he ended up doing comedy so well. It's just bizarre. Like, this is just a very... His career is bizarre. Yeah. 
He's all over the place. You know, th- this is definitely, uh, this is a black mark amidst, you know, like positive streak of career highs for him. This is a, a really weird place to be in for him, it seems like. And then we got Sean Bean, who like off the bat, I saw him and I was like, oh, Sean Bean's here. He's dead. I mean, can we spoil this movie? Can we allowed? Full spoilers on this podcast, y'all. Full spoilers. What a weird movie for Sean Bean not to die in. <laughs> I know, it was so prime for him to die in this movie, and they're like, nah. There was many situations where I was like, alright, time for him to go, this would be good, and then, no, nothing happens. His character just sort of lives happily ever after, and it was just kind of just weird. His sick daughter went off to the grocery store and never came back. He's dead. Yeah, no, he, he's, he's doing okay. I'm gonna be honest, though, this is my big hot take. I liked Eddie Redmayne in this movie. Really? I really liked it. He was doing like some Lord Voldemort, like raspy, then yelling sort of shit. And I just finished watching, like rewatching the Harry Potter series. I was about it. I was like, cool, Eddie, do it. I don't think it was bad at all. I'm kind of laughing that people hate it so much because I don't like him in Fantastic Beasts. And I like this better. Shit. Well, you know, I... I know it's coming I, I will say, like... <laughs> I don't think it was... I mean, actually, Sarah, no, I can't really back you on that one. This is kind of... This is a little <laughs> bit rough. Like there, were, <laughs> like, there were people that were in the room with me when I was watching this movie that weren't watching the movie, and whenever he would have one of his random shouty bits, they were like, what was that? What movie are you watching? Why is that line delivered that know. way? It's it's just a little bit peculiar. And I, I'm glad that he went for something. Exactly. Uh, like, I admire it, but I don't necessarily think it panned out. And I think so much of that has to do with the dialogue being so clumsy and his character really not having that much going for him. And it's weird because I feel like there's most of these characters do get some form of development, but they still feel so hollow. And, and oh, I yeah. feel like I really can't empathize with anybody in this movie, despite... They're, I can't really say that anybody's randomly plugged in here. Like, everybody seemingly has development. Even the, the dragon guard people that were, you know, like, trying to hunt down Channing Tatum and Mila Kunis. Like, even there's development there, but I just... None of it was relatable. I, I, I couldn't see, like, any character arcs forming. There's development, but there's no growth. This shouldn't have been one film. This is, again, one of those things where I could have seen this as, like, a miniseries and i think it would have worked a lot better there's so many conflicts and and like conflict resolution points like it's like a roller coaster going up and down with her i mean it could have been three parts with her getting kidnapped by each one of her children basically i i do agree and 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 that's why i i i really did think that this was based off of a novel or something i know and i was about to bring that up because you right before we started recording you asked was this an adaptation and actually that's kind of like a thing that a lot of people bring up is like this feels like an adaptation of like a comic book or something but they literally just wrote this off the bat which might be a problem because uh, i mean it's not a problem but they didn't tr- they didn't they kind of jumped into it and we missed so much there's just so much that i have no idea what the hell was going on mm-hmm. and i feel like it tries to explain it this definitely feels like a two-hour cutdown of like an eight-hour hbo show like it, it just does not feel like it w- should be a two-hour movie by any means yeah and i think that definitely is a reason why we have so many issues with character with like a lot of the character development from the main characters i mean i feel like uh you know jupiter and chang tam's character 
his name's Kane, which is so lame. <laughs> I, feel like, I feel like they like are immediately in love, and it's kind of gross, and I hate that. <laughs> yeah. Also, Jupiter Jones is a freak, man. <laughs> she is so into it so quick. She's so weirdly into it. She's just like, oh, you're half dog? I'm about that. And he's also that he's more dog than human. She's like, I love dogs. And he's like, can you give it a second? And at the end, at the end, he has the wings, and she's like, all about that too and i'm just like calm down chill it out the romance element of this movie is so bizarre and it's especially bizarre because again it's like an eight hour narrative told in a span of two hours so like the romance stuff is rubbing shoulder to shoulder against big revelations like oh hey there are uh there's people across the galaxy that harvest whole planets worth of people in order to maintain their immortality and then like a minute later Mila Kunis is like yeah but can I get some of that Channing Tatum wolf boy action and it's like are you kidding that's what you're <laughs> thinking about there's like no emotional effect in general Mila Kunis is not able to act yeah there's a lot resting on her shoulders and she does not really sell it she seems kind of bored about everything there's one scene in particular Right after he, like, gets her from the the egg clinic, as I like to call him. Oh, yeah, that's what they're called. Sure. <laughs> um, and he starts to explain stuff to her. And then they're about to get into a ship and they get attacked. There's that, what, like, it feels like 15 minutes of them trying to get away from multiple ships. And he's just, like, using her like a lasso. <laughs> Yeah, there's a lot of Mila Kunis whiplashing and falling and getting picked up and just... She's so broken! A lot of her just... She's a a ragdoll, basically, throughout the whole film. It's like they took a 3D model of her and then took the cursor and just dragged her around the screen. Yeah, that's pretty accurate, actually. It was so bad. And then the end of that, when they're finally free from everyone, all she does is, like, out of breath look and that's i'm supposed to sell that after she i mean like i'm supposed to believe that after she like just got whipped around her, like two arms have to be broken she should be jelly she should be just a puddle of jelly after that but no she's okay she's just like a little bit winded there's a lot of weird plot holes like that that i'm just like wow they really think humans can like make it through one of those instances like she's dead mm-hmm. and i think that does contribute to the fact that these action scenes don't really seem to land or have any impact because like nobody's treated like a person or even like a tangible living thing like everything is just so bouncy and light and cg and, and it's like i'm used to cg action scenes but like i think there's just zero sense of stakes here when like everybody's so floaty and nobody seems to suffer from anything. Like, it, it, Channing Tatum's on his space heelys, <laughs> dashing around. Space heelys? <laughs> That's what they are, and I will not, I will never change that. They are space heelys. Can we get the pattern on that? Can we get space <laughs> oh, heelys real quick? Sorry, has it. Heelys has oh, it. Oh, man. They're ready. God damn it, they're ready for the future. They watched Back to the Future. Elon Musk just fucking made the space heelys. Bastard. <laughs> Elon and Grimes are, uh our listeners oh my god <laughs> shouts out shouts out to them shouts out to elon musk and grimes uh i hope they enjoy jupiter ascending because sarah did maybe you guys should hang out i'm sure they love jupiter ascending that's their shit for yeah. sure 100 percent. do you think grimes thinks of elon musk as her cane 
as her Channing Tatum Wolfman. Yes, 100%. And he totally wears, like, pointy ears and and the no. wings. 100%. Oh, my God. Wow, yeah. I think I just think popped a it. blood vessel in the back of my head when I fucking thought about that. Get that image in your head. Everybody, if you're listening, please imagine Elon oh Musk goodness. in Channing Tatum, Kane Wise cosplay. 100%. So, yeah. What, why do you like this movie? There's a few reasons why I like this movie. For the most part, I was entertained for every part that wasn't a long, drawn-out action scene. That's rare for me. And this is a two-hour-long movie. So I was mostly good. And then when I wasn't, I was like, ugh. And sometimes, once or twice, I'd be like, oh, God, why is this happening? But for the most part, in comparison to The Last Airbender, this was way more entertaining for me. And I find that with the Wachowskis... They have a tendency to be able to to grab my attention, which is nice. The CGI is not doing much for me, even though it's only been three years since this came out. So that's kind of weird that I'm, I'm already out when it comes to the CGI. Like I said, I thought the overall story, a lot of it was pretty interesting. Eh, there were some weird parts, but like for the most part, I mean, up until the wedding stuff happened, I feel like I don't get a lot of the... Uh, how do you say their name? Abrasacks? Abrasics. <laughs> Abrasics. Yeah, Abrasics. I'm sorry, I want to say Abrasics. Don't make me say it a third time because I will lose it. I have it now. It's a precious moment. Abrasacks. It will. Oh, dear. No. Whatever. It's made up. It's okay. I don't understand any of their, like, what they were trying to do. I have no idea. Yeah. What are their goals? I don't get it. How How is what they're doing going to actually achieve those goals? Sometimes they can kill Mila Kunis. Sometimes they can't. I don't know why. There was just so much that interested me. And I think the fact that I didn't get to learn more, but I thought there was going to be more, kept me interested. And that's why I liked it. But now I'm kind of annoyed now that I think about it that I'm never going to find out some of these questions. Like, what's the code of conduct? I want mm-hmm. like a more... Exp- I like the universe. I think... Overall, I like the universe. I think if it was done now, we would have had a better casting and better CGI, and they could have split it up a little better. But overall, the fact that the Wachowskis wrote this out of thin air and made this two-hour-long space opera is kind of cool to me. I like it better than Valerian, and Valerian is an adaptation. I think the first 15 minutes of Valerian is a better movie than all of Jupiter Ascending, probably, but... Uh, that's just how strongly I feel about that movie's opening. And I kind of like Valerian. I think Valerian drops off in such a big way after like the first act, but I do really love that first act quite a bit. I think it's full of such visual inventiveness and fun, and that that alone is worth it to me. Like I would probably get that movie on Blu-ray just so I could pop it in and watch that first bit, and then just turn it off and not not think about the rest of it there's a lot of good bits to this though i mean all of the diplomatic stuff is very interesting to me i mean there's parts that remind me of like hitchhiker's guide with them going through the whole process and having Mm. like the robot who's slowly getting drained out by all the bureaucratic shit they have to go through i thought that was great and i was so in at that point um and then they started to lose me again so i will (laughs) say that 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 scene in particular had me asking the question what genre is this movie trying to be? Wikipedia says space opera. Okay, cool. Because at that point, at so at that point, I thought this was going to be a fairly straightforward sci-fi action movie with a touch of romance. But at that point, it gets comical and it and it almost sort of takes a bit more like a satirical 
edge, so, sort of like pointing fun at the bureaucratic uh, system and how it fails people. And then you have a Terry Gilliam cameo in that very same scene, which got me thinking about Brazil and what Brazil does. And mm. I mean, if you're going to have a Terry Gilliam cameo in your space opera and you're not trying to recall Brazil, then I don't know what you're doing with him there. But I, I just don't think this movie has enough meat on its bones to really justify itself as any kind of satire. Oh, there's definitely... I mean, if we want to talk about, like, the kind of the... What is this movie trying to say? I feel like there's nothing here. I really feel like they tried with some kind of stuff and consumerism, but uh, it's so lost. Yeah. It's so lost. Because Mila Kunis cannot show any sort of sadness. It doesn't affect her. And and to be fair, it's not really written in there for her to care or react to it. And again, this movie wants us to feel terrified by the idea of human beings being harvested across planets. But at the same time, it stages these ridiculous action scenes in Chicago where, like, half the city blows up, and people are definitely dying in these scenes, but we're told that it's going to be okay in the end of the day because gray aliens are going to cover it up. I know, some people died on that subway. So it's like, do you care about human life or do you not? Yeah, a subway, a cars were blown the fuck up. Buildings were shot into, but whatever. Um, the aliens are going to take care of it. I guess like we're just going to record the fact that there was like nearly 100 casualties in one day. I guess they all died in their sleep while driving a car or something. And honestly, it's 2018. I'd be I'd be so happy if the whole planet was harvested. Just fucking take us. I think they don't even want us anymore. I think this is what happens. Like we're <laughs> we're the we're the human equivalent of like fruit gone bad. Like a whole harvest has gone bad. <laughs> like not like we're not even gonna get murdered by like whatever the whatever the like space equivalent of uh, locust is. Like we nobody wants us. <laughs> we're that's it. We're done. This is bad. Fine. Spoiled fruit. Spoiled harvest. Sorry guys. We did our best. Sorry. Really. No, we didn't. We definitely didn't. But whatever. You know. So yeah, I guess that's that. I guess that that's where a lot of uh, the issues I have with the movie is, where it's just sort of like this movie does a lot but doesn't go anywhere. It feels like it jogs in place so much. Characters that really don't feel like they have any substantial arcs, messages that don't really have any sort of conclusion or point to make, and it's all ambition but no, no, no none of the actual like messaging is here. And that's really frustrating to me. I have two questions for the Wachowskis, and then we're going to talk out like what we feel about this. Are they bad at casting? Hmm. Uh, your argument for that? Well, this is my argument. This is a thought I had while I was watching the film, and then I thought, I don't think they're bad at it, or like having you know solidifying who they're going to pick. I, I don't know if maybe they go out of the way to make stranger choices, because then I thought... I bet you that Keanu Reeves was not, like, an inspired pick back in the day. People were like, what? Why are you choosing Keanu Reeves to be, like, the main character in a very serious sci-fi film? Mm -hmm. What uh, First Matrix is post-speed, correct? Yes. Okay. So, eh, maybe. But I just feel like this cast is so weird. It feels like a bit of an anomaly. But even Cloud Atlas has, like, Tom Hanks... And Halle Berry, it's always like a strange, strange choices all matched up together. I think it's eclectic, and I think that for the most part, it has served them well. I just, I don't know. It to me, this feels almost like, uh, like the Wachowskis burning out a little bit. Mm -hmm. Like they, they literally just like had this huge, incredibly 
like probably one of the most ambitious films ever in Cloud Atlas. And that follows Speed Racer and the Matrix trilogy. Like they've done so much. And then when it comes time for them to create another movie franchise whole cloth and do it all over again, like you gotta be you gotta give it to the Wachowskis. They don't really ever take small projects. Even since eight was itself. Like I haven't seen it, but like the what I've gathered from it is that it's pretty sprawling and it, it had ambition. I, I I just think they that it just feels to me to be the product of burnout. Like even the way that some of these conversation scenes are shot with this sort of like spinning camera overhead does seem to me like the energy just wasn't there for this movie. And that kinda leads into well, we're talking about kind of a eclectic cast. This film doesn't feel like that. The main six characters are all white people. But you can see that around them, it's more eclectic, which is really nice for like the space movies where not everybody's white in space. That's kind of cool. And I know Sensei is not like that, too. I, will, I haven't seen it either. I was actually going to ask you if you had seen it. Uh, I thought you had at least watched some of it. But I know that it's more that there's a lot more going on. No, I wish I had like I I wish I had seen it so I can get a better sense of what what this movie means for the Wachowskis going forward because this is definitely just such a weird point and so many of the lows that other people seem to have for them as directors I don't agree with. I don't think Cla- I think Cloud Atlas was brilliant. I personally haven't seen Speed Racer, but you have and like I it's just one of those things that enough people that I trust have said good things about it that I I have to understand that it's of some quality. And like I said, I enjoy the Matrix sequels. So like I've always been with them for whatever. Like I'm I'm down for whatever they make. If you take Speed Racer as purely like going in, in to see a like CGI masterpiece and try to ignore how whitewashed it is it's freaking gorgeous dude i freaked out like i think you would love it i think i would too and i think uh, it's just it's just been a a weird thing that i haven't seen it at this point but that cgi holds up better than the cgi in this film yeah i just i again like i don't know it just feels weird it feels lacking for some reason this is my second question do the wachowskis not know how to build relationships like like romantic relationships on screen you know what that's a very good point. Because I was thinking about how much Jupiter and Cain are kind of weird, and I don't like it at all, and I'm uncomfortable. And then I'm like, oh, you know, I remember feeling like this during the Matrix films. Mm-hmm. I always thought that that relationship was kind of weird. And, like, I didn't feel anything watching them, like, be romantic towards you. Well, they weren't even, I don't know. It was a creepy relationship to me, uh, those two characters in the Matrix. And, I mean, I feel like some of the side characters had better romantic relationships than uh neo absolutely uh jada plinkett smith's character in the matrix sequels is much better and has more relatable human relations with other people than keanu reeves and uh oh jesus christ how am i forgetting her name i do not know i do not know and that's why i didn't say it all right you fell for it fuck no (laughs) you failed yeah, I'm just trying to think back. And again, this doesn't reflect on Sensei because I've heard great things about Sensei. And I think that's what, supposed to be one of their the best like qualities of that show is that there's these like relationships between characters. And then also they're all interconnected in some way. And that's supposed to be interesting. What about Cloud Atlas? Cloud Atlas. The thing about Cloud Atlas is that it, it's uh, I don't want to say spread thin because I, I do think every story gets its own development. But it, it, it's almost in essence... 
like a, a whole host of short stories. And there's so many concurrent uh, storylines going on in the movie that there are relationships, but they never really get the chance to develop to the point where they would be awkward or the focus the way that they are in Jupiter Ascending. You know what I mean? Where it's like, there's there's so much going on that, that Cloudus doesn't really have time to, to get to that awkwardness. I, I think that's just to, to that movie's benefit and to this one's detriment that this one has nowhere to hide when it comes to those scenes. Uh, now that I think about it, though, like a major issue, like we were kind of talking about how the three the three siblings kind of, we don't know what the hell they, they want. And it's never explained. Like even Titus's character, you seem like, it seems like he gave you, like, his earnest idea of what he wants out of the situation. And then he's just lying, mm-hmm. I guess. Yeah. And wants to marry his mom. I'm like, okay, cool. So what was that about? You didn't kill your mom? And then we find out that Balaam killed his mom. And then, so why did Titus want to kill his mom? Did he always want to kill his mom? Did he know that Balaam killed his mom? What about Kalik? Why is her name Kalik? I don't know. Kalik. A brass axe. I don't know why any of the bad people in this movie are bad other than that's just the way that they're supposed to be well how can you not be bad when you kill like millions of people and then use their like life juice i mean no like i i get that like i understand why they're morally reprehensible i just don't feel like they have a good ethos for themselves like i feel like they don't really even have a good justification for why they are the way that they are or what their plans are like i don't get their mo you know Uh, like there's just so much about them that's a mystery to me why was kalik old in the beginning. Why didn't she just jump into the juice then if she had so much of the juice? Because the movie needed to demonstrate what the juice does. Why didn't Balaam go in the juice? He looks old. <laughs> yeah, I was wondering why he wasn't. I mean, the, the, the characters do make a comment about how he looks like shit, and then he doesn't <laughs> do anything about it. Is he too good for the juice? He's definitely using the juice. He's like m- thousands of years old, but like he doesn't do it. He's definitely on that juice. <laughs> He's on that juice. He's on that juice. Uh, again, I really liked Eddie Redmayne's character. I, I liked that he was kind of ugly and, like, and fleshy <laughs> and yelling. I loved it. I, I don't know why I liked it. I don't like Eddie Redmayne all that much. And I thought this was the most interesting thing I've ever seen him do. I haven't watched his more problematic roles yet on purpose because I don't care about him. Nope, 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 nope. Let's I'm not do those. Over those. But uh, this was pretty good. I don't know why I'm the only person who is, like, kind of okay with his performance. I feel like we're going to find some people after this that are like, Sarah was right. Eddie did a good job. Eddie did nothing wrong in this particular movie, though. The rest of his career, lots of issues. Please, don't even look over there. Please, no, just keep your eyes at the screen. Jupiter Ascending, good movie. All right. Calm down, Eddie, okay? You don't need the Oscar that bad. Just chill out, okay? Yeah, dude, take it. Take it easy. Just play a British white guy for one time in your life. Come on, take it easy. Just be Fantastic Beast Boy. He's going to go Tropic Thunder on us next. (laughs) Oh, good God. (laughs) He would. But anyway, the bees recognize royalty. That was kind of cool. I like that, too. I liked it. I like it as a premise. I don't like it when Sean Bean says the bees recognize royalty because it's a very stupid sentence (laughs) to have to hear somebody who is intelligent and talented say out loud in a movie that gets recorded and sent out to lots of people to see. Do you think this is Sean Bean's worst role? He's decided he's jumped on some bad projects, dude, especially post Lord of the Rings. He was like, let me play this character about eight more times. I'm not going to go on Sean Bean. He jumps on whatever project he wants to. I'm not surprised. I mean, I wouldn't blame him. Surprised he didn't die. Can the name of this episode be Sean Bean Doesn't Die? Yeah, let's do it. Okay, thanks. 
I just that's my favorite part of the, doing this podcast is coming up with bad titles. It's either that or Mila Kunis ragdoll the movie. So <laughs> Mila Kunis the ragdoll. That sounds very uncomfortable. I don't like where that's going. What about Space Heelys? Oh man. Space Heelys is a patent. We cannot use Space Heelys. We'll get sued. Hey, did you know that the last big fucking one-liner of this movie is Mila Kunis saying, I am not your damn mother? I love that. How do you feel about that? Uh, She kicked his ass, and I was like, finally, she did something in her Did she kick his ass, though? Come on, man. It kind of also like an accident. Like, he fell. Like, he, yeah, she beat him up a bit. Before that. She hit him, like, twice. She took a pipe and hit him across the face with it and i felt like that was good i felt empowered as a woman and you can't good. you can't stop that <laughs> yeah i guess if you close your eyes for like the previous hour and 45 minutes of the movie where she just gets damseled and just like falls forever i was getting so annoyed i was getting so annoyed i'm like oh cool you're gonna make out with him now great thanks for being a piece of shit for the entire movie kissing him for five seconds and then now i'm supposed to be excited about you running away in some random place that's on fire not knowing where you're going can you stay still so the guy can find you again (laughs) (laughs) yeah all she did was fall to no consequence in that scene that last action scene is her falling for a lot of it and then being like oh i'm okay i guess i fell in like a gravity tunnel or some shit let me go back up and fall again she literally falls to go back up to fall again jesus hey jupiter have you ever been lost at Six Flags? You're supposed to find a place and stay still until someone finds you. You're not supposed to just run around. Mila Kunis, find an adult and tell them where, that you've lost your parents. They will get on the intercom and they will say something and then mom and dad will show up. Don't worry. <laughs> or your dog boyfriend will show up. Your dog boyfriend. Dog bay. Hmm. I was going to hashtag this dog bay, by the way, if you don't mind. You can do it. I want the the furry listeners in on this yeah i'm totally down for them listening um i just think that sucks because like channing tatum is a beautiful human being he's okay i'm gonna be honest i think he's a handsome man but this movie kind of ruins that entirely dude's average handsome that's why i only like him when he's doing like the comedy uh him stripping is okay yeah i need to see those magic mike movies (gasps) we should be doing that i haven't seen them yet we can't do those magic mike movies because they're so good that's the problem yeah i know maybe we should Maybe we should do like a like a spin-off episode where um we forgive the audience for ever doubting that Magic Mike was a going to be a fantastic movie franchise. We forgive the marketing company for acting like that was like a 50 shades of gray movie for your mom, but it actually is like a masterpiece piece of art with a great like yellow lens cinematography. You know what I'm saying? Soderbergh. Yeah. 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 I love that movie. I've shown that movie to some very, like, no, you're going to show me that movie? It's about male strippers. I'm like, get ready. This is art. This is male stripper art. It's like heightened showgirls. <laughs> Plus, Donald Glover's in the second film, and that's that's cool. Whoa, really? Did you even know? Fuck, dude. I need, I need to get in on this franchise. I need to get in on the Magic Mike cinematic universe. That's my MCU. I'll totally watch that with you, though. Let's do a live watch of Magic Mike. I'm down. Okay, cool. So, overall, I don't hate this movie. I don't know if I'd watch it again, but I don't hate this movie, and I was ready to hate this movie, and people were, like, laughing about how bad this film is, and I don't think it's laughable bad. Maybe I'm just so heartbroken after The Last Airbender that I'm willing to watch anything now. Yeah, I guess in in the grand scheme of, like, bad films, 
this one truly isn't anywhere near the worst. And I, I do think that the Wachowskis are such a talent and, and such a gift. They've given us so many fantastic films and so many captivating films. I mean, I, I hold zero grudges against them for this. This isn't, this is nowhere near the bottom of the barrel. Like this, this at, at the end of the day still has more visual inventiveness and more ideas than any, any run of the mill bad film that you'll find at the movies even right now. So we don't even have to forgive them for this, man. Like they wrote this out of thin air. I like how you say that as though like that's not the case for every movie. Like, because I say this because, like I've said, Valerian was an adaptation. Anything that's, like, for ages, anything that's been, like, big blockbuster style has been adaptations of something in some... I mean, even Blade Runner. So, yeah, I'm I'm impressed when something this deeply, like, deep sci-fi like this is is off the bat, like, just a screenplay. All right. Fair enough. I mean, hey, it, it's not nothing for, for sure. Um... You should watch The Expanse. That's a fun sci-fi show. I really like that. I have seen some of The Expanse. I've seen my uh, my boyfriend watches it. And yeah, that is really interesting, too. I'm not usually into this much of detailed sci-fi, especially when it comes to TV shows. I start to get kind of like... They're too a little emotionally heavy for me sometimes. I think of like, um, what's the show that everybody's a robot and they say frack? Is that Battlestar Galactica? Yes. Okay, cool. Yes, <laughs> That's how I know it. I was about to say Galactica. I love that. I love that frack show. That frack show. Can I watch the frack show? Like, I can't watch that show. It's just, I'm like, oh, God, everybody's oh, a robot. Yeah. I don't care. The Expanse does look cool, though, and I I see why you brought it up in response to this movie, because it's, it's close. It's a lot of, like, uh, space politics. Yeah, and I think that show does a way better job of telling a complete story with those ideas, and um, I, and I guess that just goes to show that even a couple of years back, things like The Expanse weren't really coming out with that kind of regularity that one could feel that there was a space on television for this kind of content. And I could see mm-hmm. maybe the Wachowskis, um, if we were talking, if this movie hadn't happened, I could see them potentially making this as a TV show for some network, especially if Sense8 weren't already a show that they're working on. It's over now. Yeah. Where's the sequel? That's why I have to say. I don't know, but I, I'm not going to be able to see it anymore because uh, my my back is broken and I can't sit in a movie theater. Yeah, you're anymore. not going to make Dude, it. Dude, do they do lie-down movie theaters? Can, can, do they do lie-down movies? Can they just put it on the ceiling? Can they just point that projector up? Go to a pl- Planetarium and go to like the Led Zeppelin show. Oh, That's a God. movie. And then they're going to make me wear the bad 3D glasses, and it's going to suck. I hate those things. <laughs> it's just a bunch of teenagers smoking weed. I don't need that. Just eat an edible. Go to the Led Zeppelin Planetarium show. There's one up in Cocoa Beach. This is getting really local. <laughs> yeah, well, way to target this one. This one's geo-targeted to our, our local <laughs> listeners. <laughs> this is a geo-targeted ad for our Florida Coast listeners. Well, hey, everybody. That, that's been this episode of We Forgive You. Um, I hope you'll check us out next time at Cocoa Beach, where we'll be uh, at the Led Zeppelin Planetarium <laughs> show. We're just going to co-op that event. We Forgive You meetup. Cocoa Beach Planetarium. What's up? Bring your edibles. <laughs> Come out. But don't make them too strong, because I, I don't know. I don't want to get freaked out. We don't have the tolerance. Just give us, like, the, the corner of that brownie, please. We're old. Please, I'm tired. I don't even want that shit. Just let me go to bed. Fuck. <laughs> I don't even want edible. Just give me the shitty glasses and let me go to sleep. <laughs> 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 oh, God. <laughs>
Alex, I have no idea what our next episode is going to be on. I'm going to do some research. If worse comes to worse, we are going to have to watch The Dark Knight Rises, which is a movie I despise. Uh, okay. Okay, that's fun. Yeah, it's fun because how much of a, I hate it that I could just just be the villain of the episode. That's good. We can do it in a main voice the whole time. It'll be fun. It'll be a fun <laughs> audio experience for to take our, our listeners on. I don't care you don't about care. movies. <laughs> <laughs> so please, please reach out to us on Twitter at we forgive you pod and tell us if you have a movie in mind we watched jupiter ascending because we were recommended it by a listener so we actually listen to y'all yeah please like we would definitely love to to watch whatever it is that you guys want us to watch and uh and definitely just uh super uh huge shouts out to talk film society for hosting the show thank you all uh for allowing us to do this uh if y'all can pay for my spine to get replaced alex i don't know i don't know what you do with that thing talk man film society does not have money and uh we don't have to keep on thanking them that's not part of our deal they're just gonna keep putting whatever we give them out i don't even think they listen to I, this. I just all right well who can i thank to get like a new spine up in here because we gotta th- get that this, space this baby's busted money. Space Healy's money, bruh. Can I get a gilded spine, please? Yeah, that'd be cool. That'd be dope as hell. Yeah. Hey, did you see the movie Upgrade? Yeah, it's alright. That's you. You're the Upgrade. (laughs) You're the guy. That one guy. You know what? I saw the whole movie. I know where that ends up. And you know what? I'll take it, man. Oh, I don't know. Yeah, no spoilers. Hey, I said this is a spoiler podcast. I swear to God, if you spoil Upgrade for me, I will go to your local destination, which I will not say out loud, and um, I'll scream at you in person. All right. Well, I mean, you kind of do that anyway, so whatever. That's I don't do it in person. I just do it through text on Facebook Messenger, okay? Yeah. Okay, that's it. I don't want to talk about this movie anymore. All right. Thank you, everyone. Bees don't lie. Bees don't lie. Internal pressure is 5G's. Papa John, you fucking coward, fight me.